Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 18 as co-host is a man you know on Twitter as JeppaDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for having me. How's Perth going? Wet, humid. Didn't know I lived in Queensland, mate. It's like living in the tropics over here at the moment. Yeah, we've had it's some... absolutely disgusting. Yeah, we've had some storms over here in Melbourne, so the humidity is quite high. But anyway, that's summer for you. I don't mind it. On this podcast, uh, we sent out a tweet earlier today asking for listeners to name one player that they would like to have discussed in this podcast. We're going to list 48 players here. We're going to have their salary announced, their starting average, their current ownership, and their position. Jep and I will throw a comment or two on each player. Let's start with James Sisley, Jep. 620k, his starting average is 83.6 points, he's 8% owned, defensive position. Yeah, uh, so bringing in Frost, you know, changes Sicily's role, from, in my opinion. So he's got a bit of a freer run at it now, um, playing the intercept marking role, um, and, you know, his quality kick, they'll, they'll look to, to use him as well. So, I don't I think for me the problem I have with Sicily is his consistency. And we all, you know, we've all seen it in previous seasons where yeah, sure he bobs up for a ton or two and then um pulls out a forty out of nowhere for no real reason. So that yo yo like scores I am not a fan of. I'm all about consistency with when picking my players and that's a that's a red mark against his name at this point. With the Ben McAvoy injury it's a potential we're not going to get a look, a full look at that defensive structure on TV or at the ground prior to round one. Correct, correct. But reading <clears throat> reading into how they want to play and whether they do or not is another question. But how they, they're planning to play and what, you know, suggestion of McAvoy and then adding Frost and gives Sicily a free run at it, doesn't it? So... He's not locked down to, to one player particularly. He can even play on a medium sort of forward and, and, and dominate him in the air um, and then peel off him to, to help out his teammates. So, yeah, yeah, we're not going to see it, um, but I don't think that gives us any uncertainty on how Clarkson wants to play going forward. And, you know, I remember firsthand when... McAvoy played against West Coast and 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 they beat us when it was a pretty important game for us for the top four spot and um, and yeah that that one sort of chess move changed the whole game. Over to Jack Watts, Jeff. There is some value here. He's 448k. Starting average is 60.4 points. Two percent owned. Defensive position. For me, Port Adelaide will take it slow coming off a major injury. Your thoughts there? Oh, absolutely. It's a major and serious um, injury that he's coming back from. So um, although there's value as in, as a defender there, I think there's plenty of other value we can look at as well. So, um, yeah, it's no for me. And for me as well. On to Adam Chera, 451k. Starting average is 60.8 points. He's 3% owned. He's got a defensive starting position. For me, we want to start to have a look at Fremantle in the Marsh Series games. So they'll kick off their first of two games this week. So we need to start to have a look at players like Chera. 
Oh, for sure. And, um, you know, from the intra-club, he was in through the midfield and that's, you know, Rhino gave us the insight that he's it's likely he's going to play there um, this season with the new coach and new opportunity. So monitor it or gauge it. 451000 as a defender. There's value there and um, we'll be taking advantage of it if um, if the stars align and the signs are good. On to San Pedro Pepper. 559k. Starting average is 75.4 points. 1% owned mid-forward. Jeb, any thoughts there? For me, I think there's going to be volatile scoring. He is going to be spending time forward. Completely agree with that comment, mate. Volatile scoring, so it's a no for me. Chad Wingard, 582k. Starting average is 78.5 points. He's 8% owned. His mid-forward status. Once again, I think he will play between the 50-metre arcs. Uh, for me, it's not going to matter that much if he attends centre bounces or not. Yeah, it's probably a fair comment, mate. I um, I do like that he's had a year at Hawthorne now and he, he knows the system better and I mm-hmm. think he'll feel more comfortable with his teammates. I think last year he really struggled to... Um, to sort of buy, no, not buy, buy is the wrong word, but to fit in um, in the Hawthorne structure. So that will go a long way. And But I've just maintained with, with Wingard, he's never averaged, you know, high um, <clears throat> high 90s as a fantasy, during a fantasy season. So, um, you know, that trend is likely to continue. So no way. Connor Blakely, Jet, 555k. He's 74.8 points at round one. Starting average, and he is 2% owned with a defensive position in fantasy. Yeah, look, another one like Chera that's um, lining up for a midfield spot and putting his hand up. So we'll gauge what the Marsh series sort of shows us and, um, and go from there, but definitely not ruling him out. Over to Rory Laird at the Crows, 719k. His starting average is at 96.9 points. He's 19% owned yet which is quite high for me. He's a defensive role in fantasy. We discussed in the early Plus 6 podcast that defenders can have a flat average. Uh, This is one player that I don't necessarily think we need to target early in the year. Yeah, with you there on that. Um, But at the same time, we know um, what Led's strengths are and I think it's pretty obvious where he's going to play under a new coach in Matty Nicks. So um, much of the same from, from Laird, but um, like you said, probably you won't lose too much sleep if you don't start him. Lockie Neal at Brisbane, 777k. Starting average is 104.7 points, 17% owned, can you believe it, Jet? Midfield position, he will be a target for opposition teams in the home and away season. Yeah, look, it's... Um, to have what to what he produced the weekend is obviously very appealing, but um, yeah, look, it's for me anyone with a target on their back is probably not wise to pick. To, well, start the season with anyway, start the season with because there's going to be the odd score that um, that that burns the owners at the time. So I can't rule him out, mate, and no one should quality midfielder and he's going to produce the goods again and finish high in the Brownlow voting again and and, and um, do all the right things for the Brisbane Lions. I'll be ruling him out. I won't be starting with him at round one. He'll be the number one target for my opposition teams. For me, I'm not having any part of that. 
Yeah, fair enough. But I think, you know, if you if the way Brisbane sort of free flow and play, it, I wouldn't rule him out later on down the year. Potential. Over to Geelong, Joel Selwood, 585k. Starting averages 78.9 points, 10% owned. He's mid only. He will likely be ready for round one, Jep. An outside role will impact his output. I've been strong on this. Your thoughts still? Yeah, no, I'm just a no with Joel Selwood. I just don't think we can have any assurance of of role. Um, he's not going to play hard inside mid anymore. Um, only at times when needed, you know, when Geelong need a spark. It's but and that having that role sort of insecurity doesn't doesn't correlate in fantasy points. So no way. And missed the majority of the preseason, so there are red flags here for fantasy coaches to take note of. Over to Carlton, Sam Walsh, 684k. 92.2 points starting average. He's 5% owned, which is actually quite intriguing. People want to go with him again. He's a mid-only. Jeff, any thoughts? Well, I can understand why people want to go with him because he's not. it's pretty hard for him to go backwards from last year. Yeah. I think the odds of that happening is just, you know, limited. It's just not going to happen. So we're going to get improvement from him this season, no, no doubt in my mind. Um, so those owners that have picked him or those coaches that have picked him is, you know, rightfully so. And he's on my radar and my watch list. I just, I just, it's that price that, that I sort of get. So for me, Starting with him, you're sort of saying, well, he's a primo, he's a top eight mid, and I don't think he's a top eight mid, so I'm not starting with him. That's mm. that's sort of my attitude at the moment. I think I'm strong on him holding his average. Depends whether I start to think that he can exceed 100 points. I think for me to have any interest in starting Walsh, I'm probably going to need to see a 105-point average or more especially at that starting price. Yeah, fair enough. And analysing fixture that, that could come in, but yeah, it's it's just one of those things, I think, if you pick him all, you're picking him for the long term. Mm-hmm. On to John Patton at the Hawks. 366k. 49.3 point starting average. He's 12% owned. The ruck forward status has many people intrigued yet. Yeah, it's just his price. He just screams value, doesn't he? So, um, I um, I'm not ruling him out. Leaner, fitter, stronger. You know, going to have a prominent role in the forward fifty for Hawthorne. Potentially could play that R two sort of pinch hit in the ruck as well, depending on what happens with McAvoy, which we don't know yet, and we're probably not going to know. Um, so he's ticking boxes, and the value's there. It's yeah, it's, I don't know. What do you reckon? What are your thoughts on him? I think there's at least 20-point upside. Uh, so that's enough for me. Mm. So if there's a 20-point upside, okay, to start, and I say to start the season, so let's hypothetically talk about this. So we're not starting Gorn. We're starting Patton. We're going to gain a 20-point on 20 upside on his, on his starting price. Mm. Big tick. He's going to come up in price. Another big tick. Um, hopefully Gorn starts the season slow and he's one of the first, you know, Patton's one of the first we upgrade um, during the season. So I like I like that when I talk about that out loud, I, I like what I'm hearing. 
for me, I would start, if I was going to select pattern at round one, it would be as a forward. I would have Darcy Cameron as bench cover. So therefore, if there was an injury in any one of my two Ruckman that I can slip pattern as cover to save a trade. So for me, I would be targeting him as a forward only to begin with. But obviously, as DBP, there is value there. Yeah, yeah, and that's a contingency plan. But how often do we have, you know, 850 grand or 900 grand sitting on the bench? Even for one week these days, it's it's... We play aggressive fantasy football, you and I, and I, I'd rather, much rather, the short-term trade-offs than, um, than the contingent plan. But that's just me. Just say Brody Grundy got suspended, and yep. he's fully fit, and you've got John Patton on the bench, swinging him. Well, you probably then start Darcy Cameron. But just say you didn't have Darcy Cameron, you had someone else to flick into forward to cover for Patton, and you move Patton into that ruck. You would save a trade. For me, I think there's some value in that, even though we get two trades per week and, a, and one more over the bye weeks. But I think, uh, for me, I don't mind holding a player for at least one week only, so long as I've got decent cover there. And probably Patton might have that this year. Okay. Good good point. On to Brisbane, Alex Witherden, 555k. His starting average is 74.8 points. 2% owned, his defensive position in fantasy. For me, Brisbane moved the ball too efficiently jet for their defensive players. Plus sixes are very limited. Yeah, agreed there, mate. I um, I don't know what it, what it's weird with with it's and he's he just doesn't hit the whole stat line consistently, does he? So um, I can't do it. I started with him last year. And you got rid of him pretty quickly. Uh, round one or two, I'd, I'd have enough. Yeah. And, yeah, there you go. And it was for me, obviously, Brisbane were the most efficient team last year with regards to disposals per inside 50. So it meant there were minimal disposals moving the ball inside 50. So what we look for as fantasy coaches are teams that hold on to the ball in the defensive half and throughout the midfield to gain those extra disposals and possessions, obviously. So that helps our fantasy scoring. When you've got a team that moves the ball through the middle of the ground into an inside 50 very quickly without over-possessing it, that sends up red flags from a fantasy perspective. Your thoughts there? Yeah, very good points, mate. Nothing I can disagree with what you just said at all. Over to Collingwood Taylor Adams, 706k to begin the season, and that's a price at 95.2 points. He's 3% owed, mid only. Any chance there for you, Jep? Well, he's a POD a little bit there and um, has got a good history with fantasy scores. So, look, not for me at this stage, um, but I can, I wouldn't, um, I could understand why coaches would pick him, put it that way. Thomas Barrow over at the Demons, 293k. We spoke about him in the previous podcast. His starting average is 39.5 points. He did attend a few centre bounces in the Marsh Series game opener for Melbourne. He's 1% owned. He's a forward, Jeb. He's definitely worth a watch for opportunity. Oh, for sure. Um, Tom Sprary's screens value. 
especially with the potential midfield role. We've just got to understand what his role is this year and, and if he fits in Melbourne's 22, given the recruits of Tomlinson and Langford and or Langdon, sorry. So, um, yeah, very much high on the radar, um, but we've got a bit to nut out still and see what Melbourne, you know, give give the community as far as info goes with their um, 2020 lineup. Over at Adelaide, Miles Poholke, 288k, starting averages of 38.8 points. He's one percent owned. He's a forward as well, Jeb. Yeah, and he played a very prominent midfield role for the Crows on the weekend. But I, again, as part of you know Nick's learning what his players can do, for Holke was playing midfield and used the ball at 52% disposal efficiency. So as a midfielder, <clears throat> that's quite a lot lower than what would be expected from him. So, um, yeah, I don't really have high hopes going forward given how stacked the Crows are with Brodie Smith coming back into the mids as well potentially. So yeah, I um, take take on his score and, and take on his value for sure but um, I'm not as um, optimistic as I am with Sparrow. Over to Gold Coast, Will Brodie, 612k. His starting average is 82.5 points. He's less than 1% owned. He's mid-only jet. Yeah, no, nah, not for me. Not at six hundred twelve thousand. It's quite pricey, um, and he's probably still at that age where I'm probably going to eat my words here, aren't I? But inconsistent scores could could happen. And I do remember last year he he there was a couple of times he um, really stunk it up. So um, no, not for me. Over to Port Adelaide, Connor Rosie. We spoke about him in the previous podcast. It's five hundred thirty nine k. Starting average is 72.7 points, 6% owned. I think that is going to rise. He's a forward only, Jep. Yeah, he's a star. Um, like I said in the previous podcast, I'm trying to fit him in, but I I can't find the cash. So, um, yeah, those coaches starting with him, yeah, more power to you. I think it's a good pick. On to the hottest topic of the week. Christian Petrarca, 563k. His starting average is 75.9 points. He's 10% owned. He's forward only. I've got two things to say here, Jebba. He's probably 15 to 20 points underpriced. In January this year, Steeman's assistant coach Ben Matthews said of Petrarca, he's doing some great stuff in the midfield group and we hope he plays a lot of footy there this year. Does that have you a little bit more intrigued? I just feel like we've heard it before with him. That's uh, and that might be harsh, but that's that's reality, really. Now, if if what comes to if what comes to fruition is true and he does play solid midfield minutes, then he's going to be a value pick. But it's just trying to guess whether we take what they're saying as as gospel or not. So those taken, I think he's a risky pick, but it's high risk, high reward, isn't it? Mm. Simon Goodwin did clarify uh, in his post-game presser on Saturday that he would still see some forward-type roles and it would be potentially on a game-by-game scenario. So we're not going to know in advance whether he's playing midfield or forward on a weekly basis. So that would lead to some volatile scoring. But for me, 
75.9 points. He attended nearly 80% centre bounces on the weekend. And he has the scoring rate. It's the first time we've had it seen a ceiling for me. Um, I mean, that was I tried to mention him in pre- some previous podcasts, but I didn't have the conviction to say, listen, he is one for me. I always sort of referred to, I haven't seen a ceiling. Now I've seen a little bit of a ceiling, albeit in a practice match. At average at 75.9 points. For me, he is immediately 15 points under price at a minimum. And that, that equates to value, sure. Um, but again, I just think high risk, high reward. You know, we spoke about Patton earlier providing, you know, 20-point sort of advantage there. So um, I think you can spend your money better, mate. I think for me, for those interested in starting Petrarca, you're probably going to have to see a 100-point average for the payoff. I mean, yeah, not, off sh- 95, yeah. 95 could get you there. But to, to absolutely crush this pick, you're probably going to have to see a 100-point average. And that means his price will rise pretty quickly. And then it will be a decision for those that don't have him, do you trade him in? If his price rises quite quickly, I suspect not many people are going to trade him in. Agreed. And he's, he's a similar price to Rosie, right? So it's... It's that extra 30k for Petrarca, but Petrarca mm. has that higher ceiling. You're right, the, higher than than Rosie for sure. So, yeah, lots to weigh up. But yeah, I maintain my previous comment: high risk, high reward. Brayshaw is to come back into that midfield. I suspect with Tomlinson and Langdon playing a wing role, Brayshaw will be into that midfield as number three or number four. Sparrow likely being the odd person out there to lose his spot at centre bounces from what we've seen on the weekend. So therefore, that probably puts Petrarca at number four and also playing that split midfield forward role. Yeah, and that's a fair fair assumption, a fair comment, mate. Hugh Greenwood, 581k. His starting average is 78.3 points. He's 20% owned. He's a mid-forward, Jeb. He's an experienced player in that Suns midfield. Yeah, and a physical player in that Suns midfield to support the likes of Took Miller and Rao now and even Swallow, who's probably had a burden with with that role um, of trying to be as physical as possible. So definitely recruited for a reason. Um, And, uh, look, he's definitely in the best 22 at the Suns. I don't think there's any doubt there. I think... He's going to split his time forward and in the midfield. It's just understanding that split, but I think he's going to have healthy midfield minutes for sure. So I, those 20% owners or coaches with him um, are doing themselves um, no ill justice. For me, I think the opposite. Once that's hitting over 20% for a player like Greenwood, who is going to split his time midfield and forward? Uh, for me, that's starting to be a no based on ownership there. I think he has at least a 15 to 20 point upside. And for me also, I would want to see over 100. Not too too sure I can see it here with Greenwood, but the opportunity is certainly there. Yeah, and look, I I feel the most comfortable because I think Greenwood hits all the the whole stat line, especially the tackles. Mm. Um, You know, he gets those scrubby first clearance kicks... Um, he can kick a goal or two. He's a 
tall midfielder um, and takes those marks as a result. So, again, I, I see that potential in Greenwood for, for us, um, you know, pushing that 100, 100 point average this year, no doubt. Over to St Kilda, Jade Gresham, 619k. He's priced at 83.4 points to begin the season. He's 2% owned. He's a mid forward. With the experienced talent coming into that team, his scoring may suffer, Jeff. It may. It may do. Um, but no matter who he plays with, I think he's got he's dam- as damaging up forward as he is in the midfield. So he'll, he'll have, a, have a role between the two. And um, unlike Greenwood, he doesn't hit all the stat lines. I don't think he um, does get as many marks as he probably should. Um, typically, and that's probably an unfair knock, but it's just my take on that. And I don't think he's proven to be a consistent scorer yet either. So I, I just see a, Gresham as a high-risk pick. There are a couple of flags here for me for Gresham. I mentioned the one, obviously, with experienced ta- talent coming through. I think there are better options, especially at a lower price point. Back over to the Gold Coast, Darcy McPherson, 648k. His starting price is 87.4 points. 3% owned, is mid-forward. Obviously, he had a big game on the weekend against Geelong Jep. Um, he didn't see any CBAs, but he did play with pretty much without opposition. Your thoughts there? Yeah. Um, I, I, I like him as a, as a forward option, as a bit of a POD. Mm-hmm. But I think he, he relies on, on the quality around him. I think he'd be fantastic for... Say the Bulldogs is probably a good example, and if he could damage off half forward for the Bulldogs, given some of the quality possession coming out of the midfield there. But I think, you know, with the challenging times that the Suns midfield are going to face, um, I think you're going to get some yo-yo scores. And although there there'll be the you know hundred plus point games from Darcy, it's um, it's inconsistent scores. Really, we can't. We're not expecting Gold Coast to, to win many games this season and dominate too many games on the field. So um, I think Darcy McPherson relies on, on these pl- the players around him and um, as a result, it's... And yes, he was up there last year, um, but if you're picking Darcy, you're picking him because you're seeing him as a top six forward and I don't see him as a top six forward. You probably need a 105-point average to absolutely crush that selection he's priced at 87.4 points at round one so to get any decent value out of him he's going to have to crush it early and the likelihood he's not going to exceed a 100 point average over to Fremantle Andrew Brayshaw 516k he's priced at 69.6 points he's at 21% owned Jeb he's mid forward for me, the price point is definitely okay. There is upside there if he plays midfield, uh, but that ownership percentage is not good. Your thoughts? Yeah, not happy with the ownership percentage, and I'm not really convinced by what he can produce on, on the as far as fantasy output is concerned. One of the most courageous young players I've ever seen play, um, and he's put his he would no doubt put his body on the line time and time again. Um, but that could really be his downfall, you know, head over the ball, new concussion rules that we have spoken about. I'm not speculating, but heaven forbid, you know, it's, it's these tough nights like Brayshaw that could, 
could miss a couple of games with concussion now. So, it's look, it's a no for me. One of his teammates, Michael Walters, he's priced at 694k to begin the season. That's an average of 93.6 points. He's 12% owned. I think that ownership may go up if he produces in the Marsh series. He's a mid-forward, Jep. Yeah, and had a flying pre-season. Um, looks really fit. I've seen a lot of highlights him here in WA on, on some of the news um, stations here. And um, obviously Fremantle covered heavily in Walters' fit and firing for what I can see. So running full tilt practice matches and match sims and intra-clubs. So he's not going to put a foot wrong. Frio are going to rely on him given their... Um, like a punch in the midfield, and I think we're going to see some really good quality scores from Walters this season. Over to Sydney, Ollie Florent. He's priced at 514k. That's an average of 69.3 points to begin the season. He's 1% owned. He's a midfield only. He will get an opportunity in the midfield this year at Sydney. There is plenty of upside available here from Egypt. Agreed, and we'll gauge more, I think, from the Marsh series. Um... Just one of those for the watch list that um, that sort of um, could go either way, really. Over to Port Adelaide, Brad Ebert, 594k to begin the season. He's priced at 80.1 points. 2% owned, forward only. Any chance for you, Jep? No, not with the new concussionals. Over to the GWS, Stephen Canelio. He's priced at 769k, which is an average of 103.7 points. He is currently 19% owned. He's a mid-only. Some people, Jep, were thrown off by the comments over the weekend of his midfield forward split. We know, between you and I and now the listeners, that he has played a mid-forward role in previous seasons anyway. Leon Cameron said that it will be a 60-40 split, which is fine for me. He'll start some games in the forward line, which also is fine by me. His scoring won't be impacted as a result. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, he is a quality player. And I don't think, you know, unfortunately, injury really stuffed him up last year. He, he could easily be in a top eight midfielder last season. And he is a top eight midfielder this season, in my opinion. So um, let's hope he can stay fit and healthy, play 22 games, and, and we'll see the goods for sure. One player that might spark an interest in some listeners, Jai Simpkin. He's priced at 496k, which is an average of 66.9 points at round one. He's 1% owned. He has mid-forward status. Kangaroos coaches have speculated and talked up his midfield usage in 2020. There is some upside here, Jep. Yep, definitely upside. Um, I don't think his scoring potential is there for me to spend 500k on him, though. Over to the Crows, Wayne Malira. It's 570k. He's priced at 76.8 points to begin the season. He's 4% owned. He has defender midfield status. Will play a majority off halfback, Jep. Yeah, Malira, quality user off halfback for the Crows. Uh, it's just the volume of ball that he sees, really. Um, and with his... Possessions shared amongst Laird and, and Gibbs in that sort of quarterback behind the ball outside role. I, um, I'm not seeing consistent scores from Alira and um, I, I'm not liking picking him. Over to West Coast, Andrew Gaff. 
is priced at 824k, which is 111 points to begin the season. He has 4% ownership and midfield only. Yep. It's pretty insulting that he's only got 4% ownership, given he's been up there the last couple of years as a top eight midfielder. Um, I think with Gaff, you know what you're going to get. I don't think Tim Ke- bring the addition of Tim Kelly changes anything in terms of gas at all. Um, it's just business as usual. So um, he's a safe pick, really, in my opinion. Over to the Bulldogs, Josh Dunkley. He's also priced at 824k, which is 111.1 points. 13% owned. Jeb is midfield only. He's likely a 13 line at the Bulldogs to be targeted by opposition. Marcus Bontempelli is clear number one, and obviously probably followed by Jack McRae. There's an opportunity here for Dunkley. Absolutely, and much like we saw in the second half of last year, it's um, it's it's going to be some big points coming out of Josh Dunkley, so um, he's high on my agenda and my radar. I guess for me, Josh Dunkley priced at 111.1 points. Is he fully priced for you? Do you see some upside? If he starts the season averaging 100 points in the first three rounds, there's a price drop coming. Where do you stand on this? Well, I just recall last year, his slow start to the year. Yep. And then he had that role change, and then he produced the goods. And we're talking consistent 120-plus scores. Mm-hmm. So I think there is upside. I really do. I... um. And I, I just I can't put a limit on what he's going to produce. I just I just think he's uh, uh, for a player that he can consistently score one twenty plus. It's it's a massive massive perk to to start. It's just a question: Is he going to start the season? You know, those first few games, hungry for the ball, and it looks like Beveridge has got his team hungry for success again. Um, I don't know what happened last year and the year before, but whatever it's it just the body language is is positive out of the bulldogs for me and they're all going to buy into the system and and play for each other and and i think you know dunkley is a big part of that so yeah i um there's not many negatives i'm seeing here buddy one of the key takeaways out of the friday night game north melbourne versus the western bulldogs assistant coaches and luke beveridge are repeating the same sentiment that they want to start the season well. They're primed for the early part of the season, which could mean there could be good things happening for Dunkley. Yeah, that's that's uh, again another reassuring point to to um, AD selection, isn't it? Mm. One player not on the radar for many is John Segler. He's 526k, 70.9 points. To begin the season, 1% owned. He's a ruck forward. He'll be the number one starting ruck at the Hawks, Jeff. There is potential here. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, not not spoken about in, in the um, AFL fantasy world, but, um, you know, the diehards know definitely what's, um, what McAvoy moving to the backland does. And, um, Jewel, you know, forward ruck status, it's... There's, there's just, yeah, a lot to like here. Over to Brisbane, Jared Lyons, 723k. He's priced at 97.5 points to begin the season. It's 1% owned. He's a mid-only. For me, Neil and Zorko are the top 
to targets for opposition teams. But with McCluggage into the middle and Cam Ellis Yeoman, that has the potential to impact Jared Lyons as the number three this year, Jeff. Yeah, I think Cam Ellis Yeoman really has an effect on um, on Jared and Jared Lyons. So, yeah, I, I just. We we don't know how it's sort of going to pan out, and um, I just I couldn't do it. Back over to the Crows, Brody Smith. He's priced at six forty six k, which is an average of eighty seven point one points to begin the season. He's three percent owned, a defender in fantasy to start the season. Adelaide have been talking up a wing role for Smith in the preseason, and to use his speed out of stoppages. That may create volatile scoring here, Jep. Yeah, I think there's a couple of red flags we've got to consider, and um, I've never liked Brody Smith's tackle numbers, but I think moving to the midfield as in a midfield role will, will help push those numbers up because you, you're sort of forced to tackle in, in the congestion, aren't you? So, um, quality kick, penetrating kick. Um, I see the the sense behind putting him. Up, up in in the midfield for sure, but I don't think it's going to equate in fantasy terms. I think there's a lot of risk here, Jeb. When you're spending 646k, you need a lot of certainty in your player. Yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. for me, this could go either way. So that's a red flag there for me. Yeah, true that. Over to Richmond, we know key forwards are an issue, but there's one player here that may provide some value. It is Tom Lynch. He's priced at 463k, which is 62.4 points to begin the season. He's 1% owned. He's a forward only. He has the ability, Jeb, to average in the mid-80s here. He does, but I think the turbulent ups and downs of a team, of Richmond and, and, and the individuals, like he, he may do great for a couple of weeks, but then he can bob up for a 50 or 60. So... I don't disagree with you, and I don't disagree with what he can produce, but um, I don't think this consistency in scoring is going to be there, mate. Over to Fremantle, Hayden Young. He's priced at 258k, which is an average of 34.8 points to begin the season. He has 39% ownership. He's a defender only. Jepper, if he doesn't start round one, there may be a restructure in play for me. Yeah, me too, mate. Um, he's still my number one rookie defender target, and um, yeah, let's let's see what happens with um, the rest of the preseason and, and round one teams. But geez, let's hope he gets him gets what he has to do physically. Uh, sorry, fitness wise, correct, and because um, he's definitely going to be a big player this season. Thirty nine percent ownership. If he's not named at round one, there could be some panic set in. There is, there is, and I was just um, a thought popped into my head. If he wasn't quite ready for round one, would you start him on the bench, Pete? Would you consider having two hundred fifty odd grand on your bench, knowing he's going to be, he could be in in rounds two, three, or four? I guess there we we obviously without knowing already, we need to see what our other rookies are named for round one. If there is a limit on rookies, then yes, that's a potential for me. If we have a quite a few rookies named at round one, well then for me I probably would would actually target him for a trade in. 
let's see how the rest of the preseason plays out. Hopefully you'll get in there for some game time and be part of round one. Over to Adelaide, Riley O'Brien, 709k. He's priced at 95.6 points to begin the season. He's 13% owned, which is quite moderate for me. He's a ruck only. Your thoughts there, Jeff? Yeah, um, I thought he ticked a lot of boxes and I just... Um I'm just so confused on this R2, and I, I just I just don't know. There's pros and cons with a lot of players, including Riley O'Brien. So, um, yeah, look, he's, he's, his scoring is going to be prominent, so that he's a safe pick. So at, at Ruck 1, I presume you're still starting with Brody Grundy. Is that right, Chip? I am. Okay, so therefore you're swinging between Sam Jacobs, Riley O'Brien, Max Gorn, and maybe a potential one or two others. So the remaining pre-season games may swing your decision, Jeff. Yeah, it will. It definitely will. Um, you know, if Patton has another solid game where he um, he gets his hands on it, kicks a couple of goals, then I'll go the cheapest option. Um, but again, if, if Riley O'Brien's doing, you know, have, having a, the majority of the rain in the midfield and... and and hit out some tackles and, and ticking all those boxes, then you you got to look at the point return there as well. So, look, I'll, I'll probably weigh that R2 spot up in that last week and just really sort of look at all the options and, and, and um, look at the stats and, and sort of look at the roles and, and do the due diligence that way and, and make the call. But oh, I'm so confused. It's been a really tough spot to pick this fantasy pre-season that's what I'm here for Jeb I'll guide you th- I'll guide you through this tough process you better mate over to St Kilda Jack Steele 712k he's priced at 96 points to begin the season he's 1% owned he's midfield only for me he could play a shutdown role which will limit his scoring Jeb yeah I'm not interested in him mate he um, I think yeah he's one of those players that he's rolling very week to week over to Melbourne, Jack Varney. He's priced at 611k, which is 82.4 points to begin the season. He's 1% owned. He's mid-only. One of the followers on Twitter sent through a bit of a narrative on Jack Varney. He's been added as a captain. He has a point to prove, Jeb. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, he's the heart and soul of that football club, in my opinion. Like, he's... He's captain courageous, and um, although he is not captain anymore, doesn't mean he's still not a leader of the of the football club. Um, and he's a determined and competitive young bugger as well. So, yeah, look, there's value picking him. I just it's just with my team structure at the moment, I'm not looking at a at a mid price midfielder, and you know, no one really screams value there for me, including Jack Vining. Over to GWS, Lockie Whitfield. He's 844k, Jep. 113.8 points to begin the season. He's a whopping 52% owned. He has mid-forward status. For you, is he fully priced? But when you think about his price to begin the season, you probably need to take into his ceiling, and his ceiling is quite scary. Correct on the ceiling aspect. Is he fully priced? Yes, he is fully priced. Is there risk picking him? Definitely risk picking him. But 
I think there's risk not having him also. So learning last year, not starting with him, it absolutely burnt me. It was one of the biggest downfalls I had um, last year. And um, looking at the fixture and looking what Giants, you know, Giants are after the grand final loss, they're coming out with a point to prove. They're fit and firing, they including Whitfield. So their campaign, much like many other the top four teams, has got to start from day one, round one, and they've got to be on the ball. And that in, a gut runner like Whitfield is going to see plenty of it, mate. So, yeah, he's um, he's in my team, but I can guarantee he'll be a top six forward. I can't guarantee if he's going to start the season well, but it doesn't. It's irrelevant, really. I'm just you get what you pay for, and and I just have reassurance that he's a top six forward. That's why he's in my team. And if I lose a bit at the start, so be it. Over to Geelong, Patrick Dangerfield, seven hundred ninety-eight k. He's priced at one hundred seven point six points to begin the season. Jet. He's fourteen percent owned. He's mid only. Your thoughts there? Yeah, interesting one. Not ruled him out. Um, you know, pre-season wise, he's um, he's got a you know he's looking after his body. So we'll we'll see the same Paddy Dangerfield come round one. Over to Richmond, Dustin Martin. He's priced at seven hundred twenty-one k to begin the season, which is ninety-seven point two points. He's thirty-eight percent owned. I think we talked last week, Jep, and that was at forty percent. So there's a little bit of a drop there. He's mid forward. For me, why pay full price when it's likely in a few weeks? He's around the same price. There's little value there for me here. Yeah, agreed, mate. Agreed 100%. So, um, Dusty's one of those players you can pick up later on. There's not going to be huge gains. So, um, and he's, you know, dare I say the word, premiership hangover. Um, you know, coming off a premiership traditionally. Players don't start the season too well. Um, they have a late start to pre-season. It sort of correlates um, come round one, so I'm not starting with him. Over to Fremantle, Blake Akers. His price at 501k to start the season, which is 67.5 points. He's 3% owned. He's mid-forward. It's one of those players here, Jeff. We're going to have to have a look at the Dockers in pre-season games to judge potential output for this year. Yeah, definitely. And he's got a... He's got a I think he plays that high half-forward role um, at Frio and, and has time through the midfield for sure, um, but not as a prominent midfielder that some may be hoping for. So, um, yeah, we'll watch and see come Marsh round one. Over to St Kilda, Seb Ross. He's priced at 700k to begin the season, which is 94.4 points. He's 2% only, he's mid-only for me, Jet. I'm not interested in Ross to begin the season. If he has a potential role, if it's not steel, there could be volatile scoring. There were issues last year in his scoring during the year, uh, but he did produce late under Ratten. For me, there is no interest here. How about you? Um, no, no interest for me either, mate. I am... Um I'm all about starting. I see him as a primo, and I just don't see him as a top top eight mid. There's probably a bit of value there, and he has proven. I think last uh, 2018, he mm. he was on the cusp of a top eight midfielder. So, if I see some real guarantee in his role and buying that way, and 
between him and Steele, then I might reconsider, but it's not not at this point. Let's jump back over to Fremantle. Stephen Hill is priced at 428k here, Jet, which is an average of 57.7 points to be in the season. It's 5% ownership. I suspect that's going to go up. He's a defender forward. It's good value here, Jeb. The injury history, however, is poor. Yeah, very, very, very good value. Um, one of the best kicks in the Fremantle team. And, um, yes, got a got an injury history that's not ideal, but I think the value is there. Um, and as with the DPP as the last sort of perk, I think that, that ownership will, will climb. We'll just keep an eye on him for the remainder of pre-season. But he's in the best 22 at Fremantle, there's no doubt. Staying at Fremantle here, Caleb's wrong. He's priced at 256k to start the season, which is 34.5 points. He's 8% owned. I think that ownership is going to climb. He's a midfielder only, Jep. Yeah, he um, was a standout in their intra-club from reports here in WA, and um, he's going to be prominent for them this year, no doubt. Let's cross over to Sydney. Dylan Stevens. He's 262k. He's priced at 35.3 points to begin the season. He's 7% owned. Mid only. Jep, your thoughts? Oh, very, very high on my radar, mate. He um, he played a lot of Sanford footy last year and not just, you know, he was there to make up the numbers. He was a big contributor. Um, all reports out of Sydney is he's ticking a lot of boxes and he's he's going to get a midfield gig pretty early, even albeit an outside mid role. So um, lots of like and a, a lot to still... Analyze and see how he goes with with the with, at AFL level, but um, yeah, big big on my list. Let's jump up to Brisbane here. Hugh McCluggage. He's priced at 678k to begin the season, which is an average of 91.4 points. He's two percent owned. He's mid only. Any any chance to few there, Jeff? Not for me, but I I would understand why um, coaches would pick him. I just I just wouldn't. Um, yeah, I wouldn't rely on his, his scoring, his, and his ceiling's not that great. Over to St Kilda, Hunter Clark. He's priced at 574k, which is an average of 77.4 points to begin the season. He's 6% owned, he's a defender only. For me, Jeb, with Zach Jones and Robertson to come into that team, what does that do to his scoring output? Yeah, it doesn't help, does it? But, look... I just maintain that even if he does have a great game, he's, he's up against it to score three figures. So, yeah, and that was sort of proved last weekend of what we saw. He played a fantastic game, um, and his score was pretty mediocre. So that's enough for me to put a red line through. As we start to wind down this podcast, Jep, we know that you made a couple of changes last week after the opening week of the Marsh series. Will you make any changes to your team after this week? Yeah, potentially. If, if someone puts their hand up and that catches my eye, um, that, that definitely look at. Um, I'm, I'm very much open to it. Changing team's not a bad thing. It's just I'm, I'm all about um, maintaining my structure and not really altering my structure too much. Um, so, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, like I said, I, I did play and tinker with it and, and try to fit in players and see what I could do. Um, but I've reverted back for the time being, and 
I can guarantee you there'll be a change or two before round one, mate. For sure. How much are you taking into consideration value? And second part of the question is ownership. I I look at the player and what I think his output will be, okay? Ownership, typically I start with a one or two uniques, no more than that. But that's not to say I have a vanilla team as well. It's just like the makeup of, of my side has to be pretty balanced, and that's one of my lessons from last year. I went pretty thin the back line last year, and it, and it really killed me. So um, a balanced team, maintaining my structure is pretty important. Um, but on the individuals, what their output could be, if they're going to be a top six forward or defender or a top eight mid, whatever, um, some set and forget players in there with durability comes into play as well. So it's all weighed up, mate. It's all weighed up. As we close this podcast, two podcasts to look forward to coming up before the close of preseason. One of those is Jeppers Juniors. Jepper will go through all his junior picks, rookie picks, uh, prior to round one and rank them in order. There will be another podcast that I will come through and rate the value players of the 2020 home and away season at round one. So we'll go through quite a substantial list of players that offer value compared to their starting price. Once again, Jeppa and I will complete podcasts after each Mass Series game and add a few more podcasts in before round one. We'll have our listeners fully prepared. Hopefully we can generate a winner out of our listening group. Before I close this podcast, if you would like a chance at scoring a plus six podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. We'll give a few away towards the end of preseason. Any thoughts before we close this podcast, Jeff? No, just um, keep those watch lists um, maintained. Um, I normally have a traffic light system, green yeah, as a go, yellow and red as a no. Um, don't rule anyone out. Don't delete anyone till um, just, you know, anyone can bob up and keep an eye on, on who, who the value picks are and, and go from there. On that note, we'll wrap up this podcast. Thanks for tuning in.